The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Man, coming at you in this enjoyable time of year for me. I'm always going to talk about it. Even though, uh, you know, a little cold fronts come through and weather goes up and down, uh, I got me some great sunshine last Saturday. I got my little tan on, you know what I mean? You know, recognizable tan, too. So it's <laughs> uh, the lady told me, she told me, she said, you must be African because I didn't see you sweating out one time. I sat in the sun like seven, eight hours in a row. And, and uh, she was like, she said, oh, my goodness. She said, I couldn't do that. Uh, love that sunshine. You know, we've been talking about leadership, and uh, I want to make a little transition here and talk about certain levels of leadership. Uh, you know, the, the Bible is pretty much a, a king's kings. It's not a form of government like we have where we have uh, Congress or House and really kind of based upon that Greco-Roman uh, structure. You know, ours is more of a uh, a monarchy and, and sometimes even a theocracy. And so you, you see that uh, coming into play. And so when I, when I look at young men that I work with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I don't know. Uh, I have to work on my politically correct wording. Let me, let me say something. Uh, <laughs> so Salem doesn't come looking for me. Uh, uh, disappointed <laughs> in, in some guys when I look at them coming up and, and some young men and, 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 and how they view life or how they uh, view family, how they view God and, and, and what's their level of responsibility and, and how at times we don't do a good job in our discipleship process. Well, if we have a discipleship process at all, is 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 helping young men become men where you know we we know that scripture that says that you know that the older should teach the young older men should teach the younger men older women teach the younger women and we we understand that but teach them what uh sometimes we you know quick to teach our girls how to put on makeup and you know how to do this and, and do that part or uh tell our young men how to you know play sports or you know, do whatever, you know, but do we really give them the essentials of what it takes for them to really run a home, to really run a domain? You know, I look at Genesis 1 where God told us to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. And and, and when you have dominion, you know, it's the first part of dominating or having a domain. And And I've always told my sons that, uh, you have to first get a domain, right? You have to have a territory, a place that you call yours. You can't be a king without a kingdom. You got to have a kingdom. You know, uh, you know, if you ever heard me speak before, you know, I've always said that, you know, I mean myself personally, I raise kings and queens. I don't raise princesses and prince, princes and princesses because princes and princesses need a king. 
And without a king, they no longer possess their authority. And I, I don't really want to raise people who have to be dependent upon someone else for their title, dependent upon for someone else for their place. I, I raise my children to be the king and the queen, you know, and, you know, I let them know real early that every kingdom can only have one king and one queen. So therefore, when they get to the point where they feel that they're exercising their authority and they need to become king, then they need to move out, you know, from my kingdom because this, that's why it's there. I don't I don't send my kids out because, you know, I'm being mean or anything like that. I send my kids out because they need to do their what they were called by God to do and flex their purpose. And they don't need to be hindered by me, you know, in my interpretation of their mission and their vision. So they need to get out there and, and, and get it done. So that's why, you know, by 18 years of age, I do everything I can to prepare my children to be able to go out there and complete what God has called them to complete. So, and, and so people ask me one time, how do you get your kids not to come back home? Cause you know, I have six that are away from home and no one's ever came back home to live. And I, and I said, because they're Kings and Queens, they don't want to be up under anybody else. <laughs> they want to run their own. You know, and so I don't take it. My wife takes it as hurtful thing because she still wants to look at them as children. I look at them with pride, knowing that they're ready to go out there and dominate, you know, dominate their domain. Let's look at Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is always you look there for the the, 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 the virtuous woman It's the, the, the woman chapter. But the first verses are dedicated to what it means to be a king. Let's read those verses. The saying of King Lemuel contains this message, which his mother taught him. Oh, my son, O oh son of my womb, O oh son of my vows, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O oh Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine is for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. His mother taught him this. His mother taught him this. His mother told him, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. She wasn't telling him that he couldn't have a a, a, a wife. You know what I mean? Not to mess with women. He said, don't waste your strength on those who ruin kings. Meaning that when, when you go into a relationship, that person should add something to you. Right? So if, if I'm a king and I'm looking for a queen, I'm looking for a helpmate. That's what it was called, a helpmate. I, I, don't, I don't need a destructive mate. I don't need a black hole mate. You know what I mean? I need a help mate, right? And and help can be defined and carried out in many different ways. It didn't say he was looking for a servant or a slave, but basically she said, don't waste your strength on women who ruin kings, meaning their lifestyle, their wants, their desires are not going to take you to the positive. They're going to take you back to the negative. You know, they're, they're not further building upon 
what 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 your parents and your God have taught you, they're matter of fact, they're going to draw you away from it and take you away from it. So in other, in other to say on those who ruin kings, there has to be a standard on what builds up a king, right? On there are certain things that builds up a king, then you're going to ruin a king. So we it, it, it then it transitions to alcohol to to drinking, right? You know, and you know we always had this great debate, man. You know, I just have I can think of one of my children now telling me that, you know, all alcohol is fruit. I mean, I like to show you how far off the bat she was. I didn't even want to claim her as a child. You know what I mean? Alcohol ain't fruit. Alcohol is grain. You know what I mean? It's not fruit. Wine is fruit. You know what I mean? I knew what she meant, you know, when she was trying to justify, you know, where she was going with this thing. But but he said, you know, the thing about it is, is that it said, you so because there's a probability that you may forget the law, Right. And if you forget the law, then you, as a king, you're not able to give justice to those that are being oppressed. So in other words, if you don't have God's law in view, if you sit up here drinking and partying and have a good time, you're, the last thing you want to hear about is God's law, right? And so if you if you don't, with the position of power that you have, you cannot live a lifestyle that's going to take you away or cause you to forget the law that you uphold to follow and enforce. Because when you do, you're not able to give justice to the oppressed. You're so busy having fun, you don't really care about who's being oppressed. Right? You know, one one of the one of probably one of the most hurtful things. Now movies don't really bring I don't even like movies, right? But you know, I, but in a in an effort of reconciliation, uh I went to see the movie Selma uh, you know, with my church and another couple other churches got together as a move of uh, just a reconciliation. And we went down there because we've been fellowshipping together and eating together and worshiping together. So we went to see Selma and, and, and you, it's too, you know, I, I hardly ever walk in a movie theater, but you know, I went to see Selma and when I was looking at Selma, man, I cried. And, but it, I didn't cry for the, 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 the way, you know, blacks were being treated. That that's not what I cried for. I cried for those white people. And I say, you know, and I cried for them because I just saw them coming out of church with such a great hatred for somebody. And in the words of first John came to mind that how can you love me whom you haven't seen and you can't love those whom you saw? And I was just sitting there like, man, how, you know, man, God, did they, would that cause them to miss the boat, to to go to hell? Now this, this, is, this is 60 years ago, 50 years ago I'm watching this. But my heart is hurting for that because it's like you're going to church every Sunday. I'm, this is for the church going folks. This is what I mean. You're going to church every Sunday. Uh, you're ministering the gospel but yet you have such an intense hatred for for people oppressing them. And yet you say you follow scripture. And so I'm always catching myself, you know what I mean, when when I when I look at that I don't allow, you know, that I Galatians 2:20 is my favorite verse. You know, it it says it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now enjoy in this body is enjoying this body is a result of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I have to remind myself of that. It's not my opinion. You know what I mean? You know, people ask me whether I'm conservative or liberal. I tell them I'm biblical. 
I say, I'm, I'm the worst kind. I'm biblical. I'm a nightmare for everybody. You know what I mean? That's so, I'm biblical. You know, yeah, I know you. When I Once I say that, you want to dance me into the law and try to ask me about pottying outside the camp or some other kind of law like that. And I, and I just laugh and chuckle that people want to go down that route and everything like that. I'm biblical. I'm going to give you a biblical answer because Joe Sutton, man, Joe Sutton, is, 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 he's fallible. You know, he's fallible. You know what I mean? And he got some stressed out opinions at times, especially when that PTSD want to kick in. <laughs> so it's just like you don't even want to be a, you don't even want to be in a neighborhood when that happens. You know, we got to keep it biblical. Got to keep it biblical. But it says here that, that you won't be able to give justice to the oppressed. You know, when your mind is clouded by other substances, right? You know, not, and, and, you know, in, in, in the urban context, you know, I, I don't know if y'all, y'all hear this, but I'm telling you, if you, if you're around any kind of dope head, you're going to hear it all the time. You know, you know, God made it. It's natural. You know, weed is natural. Poppy seeds is natural. You know, you know, wine or grain is natural. God made it. God don't make nothing bad. Let's enjoy. Let's go get blow. Right. You know, if you ever you ever deal with anybody in treatment or addiction, or anything like that, I'm pretty sure you heard every justification for whatever it is, you know, that they're taking that, that can come up there. But it's not the issue of whether or not it's natural. And it's not the issue of where it is, is that does it pervert your judgment? Does it cloud your judgment, right? Does it have you in that point where you can't really make a decision? Does it even get you to the point where you forget God's law? Yeah, I said, well, nobody knows God's law anyway, so this doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? We lean upon a New Testament theology that says the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in all truth, but yet we block the Holy Spirit out because one of the keys of letting the Holy Spirit flow in your life is obedience, right? Because if you're not obedient, then you blo- you're blocking his path. You know what I mean? At least if you know the law that you'll be able to say, you know, where you're breaking and where you're violating that, right? It said, and it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. That's the role of a king. That's what a king, not, not, that's not his only thing he does. And we'll get into some of the other things the king need to do. But, you know, when the king not only speaks up for those that are going through an injustice, but the king also, you know, will, will stand up and speak. And he will make sure that justice is done. Right. So as a king or as a leader, you're constantly trying to be aware or be made aware of things that require your attention, things that require, you know, your your interaction you know, so that you can bring forth peace and and kind of a harmony that goes in there. You know, we tend to raise our young men at at, at the very least to be princes who can prance around and ride around on pretty horses and look good and go around there, but yet, you know, have no intentions of ever becoming the king, ever becoming, taking responsibility, lead a life of running around, running around just here, you know. I think God is calling us and challenging us in our, in our effort of leadership that we teach our young men how to be kings, kings of their own household, you know, kings and priests. You know what I mean? At, you know, after the order of, of Jesus or Melchizedek. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and I just want to talk to you about uh, uh, kings. You know, what is the role of a king? You know what I mean? We're in Proverbs 31. Uh, and we're going to take to the break. We're going to come back and wrap up Proverbs 31 and then go to Deuteronomy 17 and uh, try to lay a greater framework of what God expects from his leaders, especially his male leaders.
Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in today's culture? How does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to the world around you? Sometimes to have faith can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and sometimes challenging landscape. That's why you need to visit iBelieve.com. iBelieve.com is a site designed for Christian women. iBelieve.com has blogs, videos, and even daily devotionals. Whether you're looking for advice, ideas for your church group, or just an uplifting message, visit iBelieve.com. That's iBelieve.com. that bass. Oh yeah, summertime cruising music. Alright, don't get pulled over now. I had to share this funny story with you when I was uh, 19 years old. And I was 19 years old, my dad was taking me back to college and he was, I was going down to Mississippi to pick up a, a, a van from my grandfather. He's going to let me use a van uh, while I was in college. And you know, so I'm driving... Uh, down there, my dad had a Thunderbird, brand new Thunderbird, right? And it said 85 on the, that was back in the, you know, 80s when they only went up to 85. They said 85, but you knew it went faster than 85. But it was that to conserve gas, they they only put 85 on there. So my dad said, uh, it's your turn to drive, right? And I said, okay, I'm drive. He said, now don't be no fool, right? So I knew what that meant. That meant, you know, wait till he fall asleep. You know? <laughs> So man, John, man, I, I I put on my favorite, I put on my favorite little eight track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all don't know nothing about that. I put on my favorite eight track of Loggins and Messina, Pathway to Glory. <laughs> Loggins and Messina. Loggins and Messina, Pathway to Glory. Well, that wouldn't have been the one I would have guessed. We might have to play some Loggins and Messina here. Oh man, you know, beware. <laughs> oh, brother, beware, won't you listen to the word? I was doing 116. Oh, you were doing 85, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot. It was, it, I was doing about a buck 16, man. I'm flying down this freeway racing this cat, and I ran into this crowd of cars, right? And I had to slow down, got past, and was flying. But I always had this built-in radar, right? So I broke it down to 55. And I've been driving 55 for about three miles. And I said, why did my radar tell me to stop? I had this built-in radar, right? And uh, and so <laughs> I see this police officer standing on the side of the road waiting for me to pull over. So I put my hands up like, for what? Like, I'm doing, 50, I'm doing 54. <laughs> and he and he shaking his head like, I know, I know, just pull over, right? So I pull over. My dad said, what's wrong with you? He felt the car pulling over. He said, I said, he pulled me over. He hand pulled me over. And so, the, he, you know, I get out the car. He told me to get out the car. I said, the car. I said man, you know. We've been trying to catch you for 40 miles. <laughs> Every time an officer get on the freeway, you're not there. And the airplane, the airplane is what caught me. And so the airplane followed me down the freeway and kept telling them where I was, but they couldn't get on the freeway fast enough. They, they get me. So he finally got me and he got me an 80, 80 he got me an 84. 
right? The plane got me at 84, and I knew I was doing way more. I was going to say, considering, that's probably yeah, not my, bad. My, my dad was like, I can't fall asleep for a little while. <laughs> it's that log in the It was that log in the Messina. <laughs> Pathway to a ticket, you know? <laughs> oh, we're definitely playing that coming up here. <laughs> so, man, I, I, you know, it, it, let me get back on point. Y'all, I hope y'all enjoy my, my little uh, my little story and, and get in there. But you, when you go back to Proverbs 31, it ends in verse nine with this. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Right. And and, and we that's just a cry of the land nowadays is, is justice, justice. You know, how do we get justice? You know, everybody wants to know what justice is. You know, I look on social media and people are posting scriptures about justice, which I feel most of them are out of context. What it what it what it means anyway about getting in there. But, you know, but still justice is something that God calls us to do. But he first calls us to obedience to his to his word, right? The obedience to his word. And those who walk in obedience to his word, you know, he guarantees that they'll receive justice. Sometimes justice doesn't come when you want it to. You know what I mean? It may take a generation or two, but God will hear your prayers and it will be answered. The children of Israel cried out for years. And finally, he told Moses, go and tell them that I've seen their afflictions and I've heard their cries and I've come down to deliver them. But. He didn't come down, really. He came down through Moses and Aaron. That's how he came. When God comes to deliver justice, it's going to come through a person. Are are we raising and discipling our leaders to be people who will stand up for justice? Not behind a keyboard, but also in actuality and how they live their lives and how they how they how they operate and what they do. You know what I mean? People are longing to see Jesus in the flesh. They want to see Jesus in the flesh. They want to see people who obey him, right? Not just, you don't have to be saved to stand up for justice. You don't have to be saved to stand up for justice. But you definitely better be saved if you're going to weather the storm of what trying to stand up for justice will bring your way. Now, let's go here. You know, we look, we look at, it's obvious you ain't figured it out by now. We'll continue this with another show. But let's look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 17, verses 14 says, you are about to enter the land the Lord God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like other nations. If this happens, be sure to select the king, the man the Lord your God chooses. You must appoint a fellow Israelite. He may not be a foreigner. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy, horse, Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold for himself. When he sits on the throne, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priest. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. This regular reading will prevent him from being proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. Man, even the king had to have daily Bible reading. He had to copy his own Bible. He had to copy it in front of the priest to make sure he wasn't changing nothing. Even though he was the king, he had to, the, the Levitical priests had to watch him. 
And he was to read this every day. Every day he was to get into the word of God. Every day. His decision process. His decision process. How he responded to oppression. How he responded to injustices. How he responded to things were not motivated by public opinion or his opinion. But it had to be motivated by the word of God. And obeying the word of God. That's how we should disciple our young men. That's how our homes should be run. Now, not to get in flaking out there. You got to learn how to apply the word. You don't read the word. Next step is learn how to apply the word. And that's when someone comes and walks you through this particular thing. Man, I got daughters. And I don't want my daughters to marry princes. And I definitely don't want them to marry a fool. I want them to marry a king. We'll talk about this more next week. God bless you.